the same. How many of you remember when the Lord Jesus Christ reached down when you were going through a lot of things in your life and you needed Him and He reached down by His grace and by His mercy and by His love and reached down and saved you this morning. How many of you, how many of you glad of that? Amen. Let's, let's sing that little song, Jesus Loves Me. It goes way back maybe when you were in Sunday school. But how many of you believe that Jesus loves you this morning? Amen. Let's, let's sing that little song. Jesus loves me this time. Thank you for the love of Jesus. Let's sing it one more time. Hallelujah. Turn around and look at your neighbor and tell them how good they look this morning. Amen. Then turn around and look at your other and tell them how much better they look. Amen. How many appreciate your worship leader and the band and singers this morning? Didn't they do a wonderful job? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We had, a, <clears throat> we had an elders meeting the other night, and I'm telling you, we had it. Sometimes we'll have it upstairs in the youth room, and we had it downstairs in the um, bottom part where the kitchen is. And before we left, the power of God uh, touched our elders meeting as we get together. And just want to let you guys know, as the elder meeting, we get together and spend quality time in prayer at the end. We do not rush we do business, and then we get before God and do business. Amen? Hearing what the Spirit is saying to this local church. And I'm telling you, church, uh, we're on the brink of God doing something great in this church. God wants to touch this community. Amen? Amen? God wants to touch this community. Just this week, um, I heard probably two or three, four times through people of this church, they've been talking to some people outside the church and they, they, they've, they've been asking some questions about this church. They, one of them was, uh, uh, what does your church and the pastor think? I've been out of church for years, and uh, uh, what does your pastor think about tattoos? I've got tattoos on my arm, and I feel like if I walk into church with tattoos that I'm going to be... I'm going to be judged. Uh, what does your pastor think about the way I, the way I dress? Well, I, I, I want you to keep yourself covered up. Amen? Okay, come on. Let's keep ourselves covered up. But I don't care if you wear blue jeans and a T-shirt to Calvary Assembly of God on a Sunday morning. Now, like I said, keep, keep covered up. Amen? Uh, but uh, I don't, I don't, that's not an issue. Um, that's not an issue. I don't want people to think out there in our community that we've got to 
dress and suits and ties and got to have this and got to have that before they come to our local church. Or if they have a, you know, if they've got a, you know, it used to be an old song, I got a drinking problem. How many, come on. Some of you looking, Billy, don't look at me like that. Some of you look like you've been saved ever since you've been born. Come on. I mean, that, that's not the truth. I mean, remember that old country song, I used to have a drinking problem, okay? Well, there's, we want the people that's got sin in their life. You got sin in your life sitting in here. Come on. Let's quit being so holy. Every one of us has got things in our life that we need to get out. So we're not going to be a church that starts judging everybody. You know, their marriage is all messed up. Well, if it wouldn't be for the grace of God, your marriage would be messed up. Come on, amen? So if we're going to win this community out here, we got to let them know that we love them. There were not a church that judges and looks at them the wrong way, no matter what what type of life they're living or what's going on in their life. We want to see God transform them and change them. Amen? That's why we're here. That's why we do what we do. Right, Brother Jerry? That's why we do what we do. You've heard him preach. Uh, you've heard him uh, uh, say many times, Brother Jerry has said, you know, we're, we're a church here wanting to reach the lost for Jesus Christ, and that's why we're here. And I, I just want to encourage you to really get out there and invite People don't come just because you put something on Facebook or the Internet. They come because you reached out and said, will you come to church with me? A lot of times they'll come. And so I just want to uh, encourage you. We've got some invite uh, 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 brochures there in the back for our Friends Day. We're going to have a great time in the Lord. I always like to tell the congregation normally, uh, normally those Friends Days or at Easter, Christmas, I really don't preach a message geared towards the Christian person a lot of times. I gear it a lot of times for people that are walking in here that feel completely hopeless. And I gear, I gear my message towards people that I feel like that are extremely struggling that you might bring the church here that need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. As a lot of times I gear my messages towards that way. So I just want to encourage you. Uh, to invite, invite your family and friends, not to, not to say that we're, we got the best worship, the best preaching. God knows you don't have that. But we are believing by faith that God is going to touch their lives. Amen? Praise the Lord. We have, we have talked the last couple weeks on, um, on doubt. Now, I kind of named this series Doubting, uh, Doubting Anonymous, how... Your life and how in my life we wrestle with uh, doubt. The couple of sermons before that, we talked about uh, victory and uh, how God wants to give you victory. We also talked about how uh, Jesus fed the 5,000, the, the, the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. We also uh, talked about healing of the blind man and just talked about kind of walk through the New Testament and picked up some miracles that Jesus did. And uh, one of the sermons that I had talked about that we have doubt in our life, and when we have doubt and unbelief in our life, it's hard to receive the miracle that God wants for our life. But when we walk by faith, the Bible says that God is going to bring that miracle in, into, our, uh, into our life. Uh, today, uh, I'm going to end that series if the Lord lets me, and I don't through my prayer time, I feel like God wants me to continually. This will be the last Sunday on this, talking about uh, talking about doubt. 
But there is a, a very uncommon doubt that you and I uh, deal with on a, um, I think, on an everyday, uh, in our everyday life or even our everyday, our everyday walk with the Lord, that you and I wrestle with this. It's the un- I like to call it the uncommon, the common doubt, so to speak. And it's, it's that God does it for someone else. But God, I'm having a hard time believing and I'm doubting that God is going to do it for me. You know what? I believe God will do it for the preacher, but I don't know if God's going to do it for me. God might do it for the Sunday school teacher, but I don't know if God's going to do it for me. I don't know if God can forgive other people's sins, but can he forgive my sins? God can forgive other people's sins, but can he forgive my sins? Um, I know that God can heal everybody else, but can God and will God heal me? I know that God can help others overcome addictions, but can God help me overcome my addictions? I know that God is answers prayer. This is a common one. I know that God answers prayer for others, but does He answer prayer or will He answer prayer for for me, it's common to ask the question, I know God will do it for others, but will he do it for me? How many of you like that this morning, that you've asked that question more than one time? God, I know you'll do it for someone else. God, you'll do it for some other ministry, or you'll do it for, for some other couple but God, are you going to do it for, will you do it for me? How many of you have asked that question? Uh, the common question, will you do it for me? Well, in the New Testament in Mark chapter uh, 9, 9 and verse 17, Mark chapter 9 and we're going to start at verse 17. It says, um, it says and we're going to examine, we're going to examine the story of a, of, a, of a guy in Mark chapter 17 that sort of believed. You know, it, it was like he... It was like he believed one minute, and he didn't believe the next. And then he believed one minute, and then he didn't believe the next. Mark chapter seven, uh, 9, verse 17. It says, a, a man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him from his speech. Teacher... I have brought my son who is possessed by a demon spirit that has robbed him of his speech. The word brought here in Greek means to seize or to retain by force. This man's son was tormented day and night by an evil spirit and his dad had to use force to bring him to Jesus. This dad's son had a demon spirit that was tormenting him. Mom and dad, grandma and granddad, it's one thing for us to be going through something in our life, but it's another thing to watch our children go through something. Amen? It's one thing for us to wrestle with something in the sister, but it's another it's another thing to watch our children or our grandchildren 
walk through that thing in their life. So this man was, his son was demon possessed. He was seized by a demon. And the Bible says that the man couldn't just walk him to Jesus. The man had to uh, get a hold of him and, and, and grab a hold of him and, and more or less drag him to Jesus. He was in such horrible shape. And verse 18 says, as you follow along, the father said, whenever this evil spirit seizes him, it throws him to the ground. Listen to what this evil spirit does. It throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth. He gnashes his teeth. And he becomes stiff. Now the father says, I asked your disciples to drive out this spirit, but they couldn't do it. So Jesus looked at his disciples and says this, Oh, you unbelieving generation. I'm going to stop there just for a second. Are we living in a generation that's unbelieving? Are we living in a generation of Christians that are unbelieving? And he says, how long shall I stay with you, said Jesus? Jump ahead to verse 21. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? How long has your son been like this? From childhood, he answered in verse 22, the evil spirit has often thrown him into, listen, the fire. This is a big problem here. Or in deep water to kill him. This next statement, in my mind, captures the heart of this whole story as you study it. The father says, but if. The father is looking right at Jesus. He knows that Jesus has healed the blind. He knows that Jesus has touched the leper. He knows that Jesus has met the lady at the well. He knows that Jesus can do anything, but is Jesus going to do it for me? He says, but if, but if you can do anything at all, please take pity on us, Jesus, and help us. That word if there captures the issue for so many people. God, if you can, please do this. God, if you're willing, please act. God, if, you, if you're good, why don't you do something about it? If you are indeed real at all, God, act now. We've had situations in our life that they might have not have been as bad as this father having a son that's demon-possessed. But we come to the point in our life where if God hasn't answered our prayer on our timetable, do we not all have a sense of doubt in our heart if God is going to do it for us? God, if you're really who they say you are, 
Thomas. Then why aren't you acting on my behalf right now? I believe all of us wrestle with this big question, if. Why is it so many of us, even though we call ourselves faithful Christians, regular church tenders, why so many of us have this if in the back of our mind when it comes to the things of faith? Why do so many of us doubt? Let's be real this morning. Let's be authentic this morning. Let's let's just think about our life and let's step back. Let let me be real this morning with my my own life because I hope it connects to you. let 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 me make a point right here before I make the other point. Why are we going around acting like that we're such great people of faith when we all struggle at times with doubt in our life? That's not a put down, that's just to bring it to a point to say that I struggle with it in my life. I wish I could get up here and say this morning, you had a pastor, that I'm so full of this, this faith to move mountains out of my life. Don't you? Why do I struggle with, I had a tumor and God healed me. I went through some cancer treatments and God touched me. I had a heart attack. God saved my life. I had this to happen and I'm still on this platform after three years. And then something comes in my life and I'm going to doubt God? Let's get real. He's did a lot of things for you. Come, come, come on. I, I'm going to just break down here and preach for a minute and just get out. I'm just trying to keep it, keep it down this morning. But he's done a lot for every one of you. Every one of you, God has worked miracles. He's a miracle worker. There's nobody sitting in here that God has not worked a miracle in your life. Man, well, I ain't had cancer, but you've had something. Well, I ain't had tumors, but you've had something. You've had something in your life that God had to show up or you wouldn't be here this morning. But you are just like me. Let's be real. Be authentic. Let's let's be real about it. You're just like me. God did miraculous things in your life. And the next time something shows up in your life that you can't handle, you ask the question, just like me, God, do you really know what you're doing here? Maybe none of you say that in your prayer closet, but I get real with God. We all come to a point where God's did great things in our life and there comes this massive thing facing us in the face and because God doesn't do it immediately, we doubt. 
Don't we? We all doubt. Like I talked about, not last week, the week before, you're not putting a corner somewhere. God's not putting you in time out because you doubt. Look at John the Baptist, one of the greatest men to walk the face of the earth, said, I see Jesus coming. He doubted. Thomas doubted. But we all doubt. I'm going to give you three common reasons I think we doubt if you're taking notes. Three common reasons that I think out of these scriptures that we pull out that we doubt. The first one is because God doesn't do what we would do in our situation. Because God doesn't do what we would do in our situation. If the father could have healed him, he would have, I guarantee you, at that moment at that time, his father would have healed him. But it didn't work out like his father thought it was going to work out. So the bottom line is this, in our heart. We just want to say, God, sometimes you just don't seem to be doing the right thing. If you, if you, if it was I, I would do it so much differently, God. Let's be honest. In our heart, we're saying that, God, if you love us, wouldn't you do it this way right now? If, Lord, if you love us, you would do it right now. Just like this. And God doesn't do what we would do in our situation because he's God. This is a true story about a pastor. He come home. Now listen to this story. He come home from work one evening and was looking for one of his daughters. He couldn't find her. He looked all over the house. Finally, he looked outside and there was his little precious princess on the back porch. All curled up in a, in a chair. Her hands were folded. Her eyes were looking up to heaven. Tears running down the side of her cheeks, just praying away. And he said to her, sweetheart, what are you doing? And she just looked at him and she said, daddy, I'm still praying that God will take my headaches away. The pastor said, I just wanted to say, God... If you were going to do anything, why don't you honor the faith of my little precious girl? Who year after year, she has prayed, God, would you take my headaches away? God, sometimes you don't seem to be doing the things when I think you ought to be doing. And if I were you, I would do it a different way. God doesn't always do what we want him to do the way we want him to do it when we face a crisis in our life because he is God. The second reason we doubt is this because we're tired of because we've tried, excuse me, we've tried things that didn't work. We tried many things that didn't work. So we doubt Verse 18 says, out of this principle, the father said, whenever this evil spirit seizes him, he throws him to the ground. He foams at his mouth, he gnashes at his teeth, and he becomes stiff. Now the father said, I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not do it. That was what seemed like the last thing that the father could do to get his get released, get his son released from that demon spirit. 
that seemed like the last thing. If you had spent all the money you had, and you had went to all the doctors you had, and you had done everything you know how to do, wouldn't have you done the same thing that this father would have done if you would have seen his disciples and you didn't know where Jesus was? Wouldn't if you took your child to where the disciples were because they had walked with Jesus? And wouldn't if you had Jesus, wouldn't you have had the disciples to pray for your little boy or your little girl? That's exactly what the man did. But they could not do it. They could not cast that demon spirit out. The disciples are walking with Jesus. So if Jesus was, was there around, the next best thing is for his disciples was to pray for this son. Is this not like us? We read a book on the circumstances we're facing. We do the seven steps, but it doesn't work. We join a Sunday school class. We join church. We listen to Christian music. We send money to the good. We stop doing the bad. We start something good. Maybe pray. And maybe things then, all of them might have went south. We try some things that didn't work. And so all of a sudden, doubt arises. We all are guilty of that. And the reason doubt arises is in our life because we just try things within ourselves that do not work. Are we all famous for that? But just like the Father, don't we try things that we think right up to the point that will work in our situation? And they don't work. And they don't work. And we doubt God. The Father had tried everything and it didn't work. Even the disciples of the prayer of, that, that had prayed. Like us, sometimes we try everything but Jesus. We try every, come on, sometimes as Christians, we try everything but Jesus. We try to get away from our addictions. We do everything but Jesus. We try to fix our problems, but it's going to only take Jesus. Pastor, I, I'm in church, but are you connected to Jesus? Pastor, I give money last Sunday, but are you connected to Jesus? Pastor, I quit that habit last week. That's great and that's good, but I asked you the question, are you connected to Jesus? I, I quit. I, I, I did that good deed last week, but I want to ask you, are you connected to Jesus? Somebody needed to hear that this morning. Uh, listen, you've tried everything. You're in this building and you've tried everything. But are you connected to Jesus? It is only Jesus Christ and Christ alone that will free you, that will touch you, that will save you, that will deliver you, that will set you free. You can try everything else known to man and nothing can do it but Jesus. But Jesus. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand. But Jesus. 
third thing that causes many of us to doubt is simply this, that many people around us express their doubt and unbelief all the time. You want to believe in the things of God, but maybe you've got family members, close friends, people that you work with that are always speaking doubt. There are negative people in your life. They're always talking negative. They're speaking doubt after doubt after doubt after unbelief. You're praying for somebody's healing, and here they show up. Well, my great-grandmother died of cancer, and my daddy died of cancer, and my sister died of cancer, and my uncle died of cancer. Now, I think your friend, you might not want to pray very long for them because they're going to die of cancer. Can I speak to somebody this morning? Get those negative people out of your life. You don't need them. You can't believe for what God wants you to believe for if you're hanging out with Doubting Thomas all the time. We need to be around people. They're people of faith. Now, they're going to have doubt in their life at times, but we need to be around people that have, that walk in faith, that believe. They're, maybe it didn't happen last week, but they're believing it's going to happen the following week. And if it didn't happen the following week, they believe it's going to happen the following week, Brother Jerry. If God promised a revival at Calvary Assembly of God, it might not have happened last week. It might not have happened last year. It might not have happened last month. But if I believe by faith and hang around enough people by faith that believe it, it's going to happen. God is going to shake this community. But I can't be hanging around old Uncle Joe that's got doubt. Well, you know, I'm pretty sure if God's going to do anything in Calvary of Simeon, God, you know, there's things happened before, and this has gone on, and this one asked this, and this one quit, and this one did this, and this one did that, and I'm not for sure it's going to happen. As long as you stand around with doubting Thomas, you're not going to have any belief. But if you get around people that believe that with all things it's possible with God, then God is going to Honor your faith. Okay. The father in this story is struggling with his faith. His son was hurting. His son had a demon spirit in him. And he's brought him to Jesus. But he is just struggling with his faith. We all, come on, let's, let's, take a deep, let's take a deep breath. Let's go. Come on, let's take it like, like the doctor when he's checking my, my heart. Take a deep breath. Come on. Hold your breath for, no, I'm just kidding. Come on, we all struggle at times with our faith. I was thinking about my faith this week, and I thought I'd describe my faith this week. I don't know how you want to describe yours, but I'm just being honest. I call my faith sometimes deluded, polluted, and partial faltering faith at times in my life. 
Now, you might have a walk with faith that, that, that maybe, you're an, maybe you're an Abraham person right now. You can take your Isaac up on the mountain. You can believe that God's going to bring you and Isaac back down. That's great. But for you guys that are struggling with some things in your life, join up behind me. Let's be honest. Let's just be honest. At times we struggle with our faith. Verse 21, the father says, but if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. And listen to Jesus' reply. He repeats the father's words. If you can, Jesus says, you're saying if I can, Jesus says back to him, Everything is possible for him who believes. In verse 21, immediately the father said, he said, I do believe. And then he said, help me overcome my unbelief and my doubt. That is our prayer for all of us this morning and my prayer for you. Lord, help me overcome my doubt and my unbelief. Let's be authentic. Let's be real about it, God. I am doubting right now, but I am asking you, just like the Father, I believe, and then I don't believe, and then I believe, and then I don't believe, and then I believe, and don't believe, 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 don't, 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 don't believe, and don't believe. Don't ask me to do that again. But Father, help my unbelief. God, help my unbelief. Help my unbelief, God. I'm, I'm, I'm having a hard time believing about this situation. God, just help my unbelief. From deep within him, he cried out with every bit of emotion and desperation he had. He said, I do believe, sort of believe. I do believe, but not completely. I Help me, Jesus. Help me overcome my belief. I do believe. Now listen, but I have pockets of doubt in my life and that happens I believe to every one of us we do believe doubt we do believe doubt we do believe doubt we do believe doubt there are pockets of doubt in our life sister Debbie and that's what was going on with the father for believing for his son to be healed so we all look at this we kind of look at this father in a, in a way that we say, okay, your, your son, it's your fault because your faith is not at the level it should be for your son to be healed. How many times have we heard that? How many times have we heard that in the Christian community, honey? How many times have we heard that? Because Billy didn't get healed, it was because of his mom and dad didn't have enough faith. I don't believe that. I had a man to tell me one time his 16-year-old granddaughter was sick. She died. Seen him at the gas pumps in Churchville, and he said, Pastor, do you really want to know why my granddaughter died? I said, well, I I know she was sick. I know you guys were praying for her. The church was praying for her. So help me, church. He told me she didn't have enough faith. 
Now, I want to tell you, the preacher in me wanted to, like, lay the preacher hat down and pick up the Craigsville blood I had in me and hit him upside the head. So a 16-year-old girl didn't have enough faith to believe, and so she died, and so we want to say it's her fault that she didn't have enough faith. Come on. Come on, Christian community. Come on, for God's sakes. Look at the reward that Jesus gives this man. Even though he doubts and he's got unbelief, look how he rewards him. Write this down. The first thing we see the father simply do, he is honest about his faith struggles. We learn the principle that we should be honest about our faith struggles. To be honest about them, not to pretend like we are men and women of great faith. Jesus says, unless you come to me as a little child. That's what the Father did in verse 24. He said, I do believe, but Lord, you help my unbelief. It also sounds like us at times as Christians. I do believe, but God, I am doubting. Help my unbelief. You see, as you study the life and ministry of Jesus, Jesus never had patience or tolerated fake faith. Jesus would hammer the Pharisees for it. He would hammer them for acting like they had this great faith and operating in their life, and they didn't have it. Jesus is just asking us to be honest about your faith struggle. That's one of the things that got the attention of Jesus from the cry of the Father. Help me to overcome my doubt and belief. Be honest about your faith. Do not walk around and Jesus sees us, Jesus knows us, and Jesus knows what's in your heart. Quit acting like you got this great faith. Quit faking like you got it. Quit faking like you're like this. Quit faking like I'm this type of Christian when you're not like this type of Christian. Quit quit going around saying, I believe this, I'm standing on that, when you're struggling just as much as the rest of us. Oh, it's getting quiet in here. The man was honest about his faith. He said, here I am, Lord, standing in a need of prayer. It's not my brother. It's not my sister. But it's me, oh, Lord, standing right here in the need of prayer, Sister Tina. It's it's me in this circle right here. I need you, God. I really need you. Kevin really needs you or it's going to fall apart. Kevin really needs you. I need your healing power. I need your salvation. I need your love. I need you to help me keep my family together, keep the church together. God, I need you. Be honest with God. Quit walking around with fake faith in your life. Just be open and honest with him of who you are. God, you know what? I'm trying to go to church, but man, I, I can't I can't lay down these cigarettes. I can't lay down, you know, I want a beer every once in a while. Every once in a while, you know, I gotta smoke a doobie. Every once in a while, I'm kind of running around with this woman. Quit, just be honest with God. Just be honest with God. If you're struggling, keep coming to church. Just be honest with God. 
I'm, church, I am so, I'm getting off of my subject, and I'm going to close, and I'm going to let you go home, okay? I'm not going to even finish my sermon. And I, I asked God, do you want me to go here or not go here? And it seems like this is where he wants me to go, so it's his fault. You're not going to get the rest of it, all right? I'm going to just mix my notes up so you'll know that I'm telling the truth. Now I don't have a clue where I'm at. <laughs> Listen to this. I walked in a place yesterday to take my wonderful daughter, a bunch of teens, just, just enjoying herself, the birthday party. Just enjoying herself. Nothing, nothing. Just enjoying herself. And I walked in this, I walked in this home. And... Uh, this big, big old television, and this, this uh, big old rock and roll show was on. Okay, I told Marty just go ahead, and, and, and that was the parents that were in there. It's a bunch of kids, and these some of these a lot of these kids go to church, and so they were out back playing and uh, volleyball and doing some stuff volleyball, but there were some other parents of these, some of these kids in this room back there, big old screen, big old rock and roll music playing, and big old concert going on. I looked over to my right, and I seen this man sitting there, and I thought, I, I know that guy. Well, when I walked up, it was like he, he just like he kind of froze. I said, how you doing? David, how you doing? How you doing? Yeah, I'm doing, doing good. How about you? Yeah. Stay with me and I'm going to close. This morning, if it was his turn to play, he's going to play on the worship team this morning at a church. I'm not here to bash him by no means. Because you don't have a clue who he is. My point is, sir, just be honest with God. Just be honest. If, you got, if you're struggling with, 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 with having a beer and, and watching and, and rock and roll music and smoking a little doobie, if, you, if, if you've got problems with that, just be honest with God. Quit, quit, coming to, quit coming and being around church acting like you got it all together and you're so spiritual filled and you're going to get up here and play a guitar or play the drums or play the bass or whatever you play and act like nothing's going on in your life. When you got all of these struggles, just act like who you really are and quit being a fake about it. Then you're going to get up on Sunday morning and play in church and try to, try to bring the rest of the crowd into worship and you're going to live like that on Saturday night and get up on Sunday morning and try to live like that. I don't know why I'm ending like this. I don't have a clue. Be who you are. If you got struggles, that's okay because God is going to help you work through those struggles. You just be honest with God, okay? Come on, guys, ladies. I, I, don't, I don't know. Just be honest with God. 
If you got trouble lying, then just be honest. You know, God, I just, I mean, I have trouble just telling the truth all the time. I mean, I really struggle. You know, I got this little. If, if you, whatever the struggle may be, this guy was got the attention of got the attention of Jesus because he wasn't fake news. He just told the truth. And if you go on and hear the, if you're going to read the rest of the story, he was honest with God, and God healed his son. You see in the story that God walked up and touched his son and he was miraculously delivered from that demon power. Why? Because he was just real. And he acted, here was the second point. He acted on what little faith he had. If you will just be real with God, I'm closing with this. If you will just be authentic and real with God and you won't fake it. And you will just tell God your circumstance, who you are, what you're struggling with. And the little faith that you might have at that moment in your circumstance, if you'll stand on that little faith, God will hear and answer your prayer. I'm a firm believer of that. Well, you got to have this great faith. That's what, what the Bible tells me. The Bible says if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, I will see your faith and I'll bring it to pass. Let's stand. Didn't quite know it was going to turn out like this. Is that okay? You still love me? Wow. How many are going to be honest with God this morning when we bow our head? We bow our head. How many are going to be honest? You go, you know, God, I'm struggling with my faith right now. God, I got a problem. You know, drinking pride, whatever. I mean, we, call, we, we say those big sins, but us Christians got these little ones floating around in our life we don't want nobody to know about. God honors and hears your prayer when you're honest with Him. You want to see revival start at Calvary Assembly of God? You get flat on your knees and be honest with God, and God's going to bring revival. Amen? Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we, we thank You today. I didn't quite know, Lord, that the, the sermon was going to end like this. That wasn't the way I planned it, but I just kept feeling a nudge, God, that we've got so much just thinking everything will be okay and trying to just live this kind of fake Christian life at times. We just need to be honest with God. Just be honest. So I'm going to give you those few minutes as they play, as they can raise the music up, guys, and and I want you to take a few minutes and I want you to be honest with God. If you're struggling with your faith right now, then I want you to be honest with God. If you're struggling with an addiction right now, I just want you to be honest with God. If you're struggling in your marriage, just be honest with God. If you're struggling, that's all you have to do is just be honest. You're not, nobody's here to condemn anybody else. You know, Pastor, I'm believing for healing in my body, but I've been struggling. I've been struggling. Whatever it is, just be honest with God as they, as they play and sing. Raise it up, guys. Amen. There's nothing like the presence of.
as they uh, as they play that one more time, I want every head bowed and every eye closed. And if you feel like you say, Pastor, I want uh, I want to have one last prayer over me before I leave, believing by faith that I'm either struggling my faith, addiction, whatever you may be going on, you're just being honest with God. Just walk up to this, and we're going to close in prayer around this altar. We're going to close in prayer around this altar. Just walk up to the altar if, if you're struggling with anything at all in your life, and we're going to close in prayer. Amen.